Our final segment is uh, news therapy. This is where we try to bring you some insights every Thursday on the psychology behind uh, some of the major social issues of the day. This week, we're pleased to have joining us once again, uh, Dr. Chu Hian of Chu Hian Counseling and Coaching uh, Center. Thank you very much for joining us once again. Thank you for having me. Well, we're going to uh, actually talk about the uh, relation to what we had an interview earlier before. And of course, next week, uh, the big uh, occasion, which is the 40th anniversary of the Gwangju uh, Democratic Uprising. This is when students and civilians in Gwangju uh, who were angry over this military coup led by the general at that time, c h u n d u h a n were protesting, uh, asking that a dictatorship not be uh, ruling the country protests and then the ensuing military crackdown resulted in uh, civilians being what people will say right now uh, massacred so uh, during the 10 days of that uprising 165 civilians died in and around Gwangju that is uh, sort of an official toll uh, p- many people say much the, the death toll the injury toll was much higher so it was a uh, bottom line Dr. Ju a very traumatic event For, for Koreans, especially uh, the Koreans who were in Gwangju at the time. So let, let's talk about then the uh, psychological aspects of this, uh, Dr. Ju. What, what would be the possible effects of trauma from the Gwangju uprising? Yes, so they were exposed to this traumatic event, and traumatic response can be seen at both individual and collective level. First, at an individual level, traumatic response was observed from many survivors and direct witnesses. Many who were exposed to brutal injuries, death, and tortures due to the uprising and uh, government suppression reported having mental health problems. These included trauma response symptoms such as auditory hallucinations, flashbacks, and somatic symptoms. Also, incidences of divorce and suicide were uncommonly high among survivors, suggesting the physical and emotional trauma that left indelible mark on those who experienced events firsthand. These are the signs of the direct, indirect effects mm. of trauma on personal level. And this uprising can also be considered as collective trauma of Korea. And we, we had that interview with Professor Donald Baker. He talked about the trauma he sort of underwent uh, just witnessing some of the violence that took place in the aftermath and, and just talking to people who were uh, so uh, devastated by this. But you also mentioned not just individual trauma, but collective tr- trauma. What, what is collective trauma? So collective trauma involves traumatic events that affect a group of individuals, communities, and even to an extent of a whole country. Other examples of collective trauma are caused by wars, genocides, terrorism, mass shootings, and natural disasters. In case of Gwangju, it will be a brutal government suppression that caused the collective trauma. Collective trauma can be experienced firsthand exposure or witnessed to a traumatic event. And traumatic responses due to the event can be transmitted across communities and generations. Traumatic reactions include rage, depression, survivor's guilt, chronic diseases and symptoms, denial, and internalized oppression. Collective trauma psychological reactions affect an entire group of people and may pass down to the generations. The historical past event is reproduced and reconstructed. 
Yeah, so it's interesting, and I think it's also a bit unfortunate that in modern Korean history, uh, we can see that there have been several events that may have induced this kind of uh, collective trauma phenomenon. Uh, Could you maybe then just give us, what what would be an example of collective trauma and the influence on Korean society? Um, So a simple evidence of Gwangju uprising as a collective trauma will be emotional response that people show at the memorial events on May 18th. Um, Every year they have uh, uh, memorial events held on May 18th. Um, People sing March for the Beloved, the music symbolic of the uprising, and commemorate the sacrifices and boldness of people who fought for broad democracy movement. Koreans seem to have great fear, yet passion, to protect democracy. Um, Also, a few years back, Park Geun-hye discussing martial law during her presidency sparked a public outrage and fear that she may have attempted to suppress the public's opinion. Yeah, and there's there's an interesting linkage here because you talk about the former president, Park Geun-hye, maybe uh, uh, being embattled, uh, undergoing an impeachment trial, and this leak that there could be martial law. Uh, It's also linked to her father, Park Jung-hee, who was also another military dictator, and that uh, sort of uh, trauma that maybe some people had felt at the time uh, through the oppression of the uh, dictatorship. And so there's that linkage there that automatically gets triggered in people, right? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also uh, with Gwangju, uh, you, you talk about the commemoration uh, ceremonies and how that brings about all this emotion. The, the singing for uh, March of the Beloved, which is an iconic song now and really represents almost an entire democratic movement for, for the entire country. And at the same time, maybe even people who uh, deny that atrocities took place, uh, some, some conservative politicians who, who may have said some bad things about, oh, the North Korean spies are there, or even the uh, former President Chun Doo-wan, who's uh, denying sort of the uh, acts that he ordered to be uh, given in terms of violence against the uh, protesters. Those all kind of will also play into the collective trauma? Yes, I think also those events have bigger impact on people who have experienced um, the up- government suppression and dictatorship firsthand even more, mm-hmm. uh, creating fear and also a uh, huge anger right. towards the government. And so a lot of us may be uh, considered to be uh, young. Uh, neither of us were necessarily um, kind of uh, really kind of cognizant of what happened in 1980, but it, it, it still felt because of our older generations who are recounting this and, and people who are sort of kind of giving us that emotional sort of uh, story that that took place that even people like us would be affected, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also see people, I I mentioned earlier, but um, uh, participating in the memorial events and or hearing about the past history, people show emotional reactions. We also have something more recent, and maybe you would say it's slightly different, but I remember the 2014 Seoul Ferry disaster where hundreds of kids, and you just thought about if you were a parent of a child or if you were one of the passengers of this boat and how lives could have been saved, but they weren't, and that collective grief and trauma that people uh, went through, it seems like sort of a a very different type of tragedy and a very different type of trauma, but still uh, it seemed like that phenomenon of collective trauma was also experienced by, by people in this country, right? 
Uh, yes, um, I think a lot of people are uh, victims of this terrible, very tra- um, fa- tragedy. Also, experience uh, great anger and fear towards the government. Mm. Um, and I've actually had a chance to meet them di- and interact them with them directly. And I, I heard how they re- connect their their experience mm. with the government with the May uprising. Right. Well, getting back to your expertise, then, what 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 are the implications? Maybe the uh, the takeaway messages from this can uh, do you think collective trauma can it be healed? Uh, yes, uh, the good news is people can move forward towards resilience and healing by putting a collective effort to heal collective trauma. Collective efforts in the form of rituals and symbolism can be especially helpful. Rituals and symbolism can help achieve collective goals such as revealing truth regarding the traumatic event, second, assuage pain through cathartic rituals and empathetic social interactions, and third, reconstruct meaning of the trauma. Rituals and symbolism can help people remember the history and essence of ideas. Continued efforts to remember the May uprising, people gathered at the Memorial Park in Gwangju and sang March for the Beloved, Uh, the music and the ceremony helped people to remember the uprising, and the public contri- continued to strive to preserve evidences, document fact-based history, and truth-telling. In 1989, the Gwangju riot that conveyed negative accusatory implications was renamed the May 18th Democratic Uprising. Civic groups such as the May 18th Memorial Foundation continues to work to protect perpetrators' denials that threaten historical veracity. Right. And speaking of those uh, perpetrators and, and the denials like c h a n d u w a n we have a text message coming in from uh, one of our listeners, 7305. Remember, you can text us at pound 1013 for 51 uh, in Korean or in English, uh, 7305 saying... Thank you for calling dictators dictators and not, as as many people do, presidents. And so uh, there is always a look back at history, whether it's uh, Park Jung-hee or uh, Jeon Doo-hwan, and uh, uh, their official title being dictators. But as you say, people who experience some of the traumas that uh, have occurred uh, uh, will refer to them as dictators because uh, that uh, essentially was what they were as uh, military uh, generals uh, before taking over the country. So um, on the final thoughts here, can you just go over once again the the rituals and, and, and sharing the symbolic materials? Um, Okay, so this year, as they celebrate the 40th year of the Gwangju Democratic Uprising, Gwangju citizens will be preparing jumokbap, a rice ball, and sharing them. It has a history related to the uprising. Jumokbap can be cooked quickly and is easy to carry around. So Gwangju citizens made jumokbap to feed protesters so that they can continue to fight for democracy. Uh, It also has a significance representing the meaning of collective uh, uh, solidarity and strength to fight for values. A ritual of making jumokbap will help people to reconstruct the meaning of collective trauma. Also, it can become the symbol to commemorate sacrifices and courage of those who fought for the democratic government. With, I think, these collective efforts and sense of responsibility, we can move from collective trauma to resilience and healing of the community. We will see those kind of ritualistic uh, kind of events take place. The c h u m o k b a p for the Gwangju uprising, we're going to have much more uh, coverage on uh, May 18th as we near that uh, 40th anniversary of what happened uh, in 
Gwangju. Uh, just as as an example, I think with the uh, Sewol Fort Ferry and and the people's remembrance of it, you still see people wearing the yellow ribbons uh, even to this day, uh, six years after. That event has passed, and so uh, that could be considered another sort of a, a mini ritual of what took place. Sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, uh, Professor Dr. Chu. Thank you once again for your insights. I really appreciate it, and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. That's going to do it for us today as well. We appreciate you joining us here for this morning. Our producers are Kang Jin Soo and Kim Jae Sun. Our writers are Choi Kyung Mi, Oh Ah Jin, and Sung Eun Ji. Coming up next, uh, you will be pleased to know, perhaps, that uh, we have a resumption of the COVID-19 live updates. So stay tuned for all of that. As for me, we will see you back tomorrow at 7 a.m. This has been Henry Shin. Goodbye.